Yeah, you know, George um, years ago told me that this is how it was going to be. You know, when he said, he was like, the kids that grow up with Jar Jar, they're not even going to think about all the criticism that happened back then. And, you know, it, it was very prescient the way he, he said it because that's what's happening now. There's an existence um, of Jar Jar that is very different. You know, everyone who was a child at the time um, was, was, had so much endearment for Jar Jar and they just grew up with that. Misa back! Excuse me, Misa talking to the wall. Misa having trouble hearing. What's wrong, y'all? Didn't Misa hear what the Misa just say? Jar Jar Misa has an okie day. Hey, Misa don't dance. Misa very bad. Misa very, very bad. Mike could follow Misa face. There's no chance you should get me on the floor. Misa hear the Macarena. Misa headed for the door. Goofy was the inspiration for Jar Jar Binks. Uh, I know you'll look at him differently now, because it's pretty obvious, actually. But uh, uh, I love Goofy, and uh, uh, I love Jar Jar Binks. Fans and move milkers everywhere. Welcome to episode number 173 of Blast Points. This is Jason. This is Gabe. I think I think it's what's gonna be going on every week up until the rise of Skywalker, but there's there's <laughs> crazy Star Wars things happening every single week. Just last week, Galaxy's Edge opened up, George Lucas was there, and before we get to Phantom Menace here this week, we got <laughs> We got to talk about George Lucas at the opening of Galaxy's Edge, just really quick. <laughs> he was all dressed up. The blue blazer over the flannel, the Nike Monarchs in full effect. <laughs> well, he, he thought he was feeling blue with the blue blazer and the blue jeans, but and he was worried that what the whole thing could have went horribly wrong or could have been terrible. But uh, I'll first say he did a great job. Thank you very much. Coming from you, that means a lot. Well. <laughs> It could have gone very bad, <laughs> but it didn't as much. It's Star Tours on steroids at a level you can't possibly believe. It's all thing. Could have really, could have really blew it, but I guess it's okay. Seems all right to me, but could have been awful. I thought it was going to be terrible. I- <laughs> yeah, 
Rest assured, it, it, it turned out okay, and he gave it the thumbs up. They finally had the technology. He's happy. Could have, could have been really terrible when I first heard about it. I was like, it's probably going to be terrible. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to ruin it. I love he had his picture taken with Landa or Billy D and Harrison Ford and Mark Hamill and Bob Iger. Everybody's smiling. Everybody's laughing. Having a good time. Every single picture of George Lucas is just stone face. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he was sad because they told him he had to go home after the pictures. Maybe he just wants to live there. And he can't live there because it's going to be open to the public now. He just found out that Mr. Toad's Wild Wild Ride is long gone. What? Oh, that was my favorite. Maybe he can borrow Michael Jackson's uh, wheelchair and old lady costume so he can go to Galaxy's Edge all the time in disguise. Public appearances of George Lucas. Always, you know, always great. He He's like a fine wine. He just gets better. But as fun as all that is, as as, as crazy as Galaxy's Edge looks, it is Phantom Menace year. Phantom Menace year. Phantom Menace year. Still, I I think we're in, yeah, this is month six of Phantom Menace year. We're halfway through. I can't believe we made it halfway already. Seems like we just started. We've only just begun (laughs) to live. We couldn't do a Fandom Menace year without dedicating at least one episode (laughs) to our favorite Gungan, besides Captain Tarples and Peppy Bow, Jar Jar Binks. Yeah, you can't have Phantom Menace without Jar Jar Binks. You can't have Jar Jar without Phantom Menace. They have a symbiotic relationship. What happens to one will eventually happen to the other. Those mechaniques are going to wreck havoc. They're tied together, Jar Jar and the Phantom Menace. It's like usually I have found that people's opinions of Jar Jar and Phantom Menace are usually the same. If you really can't stand Jar Jar, chances are you really can't stand The Phantom Menace. And if you're okay with Jar Jar, then, you know, you're probably okay with the movie. And if you love Jar Jar and want to dedicate an entire episode of a podcast to him, chances are you probably love The Phantom Menace. It's funny how that works out. It's like there, there's never, just like there had never been a character quite like Jar Jar in any of the Star Wars movies before, quite as broadly comedic. Before Jar Jar, there had never been a reaction to a Star Wars character like that before. Or like, as far as I can remember, a character in a movie ever. And maybe that was just because of Phantom Menace and the insane level of hype that was surrounding that movie. But I can't remember in my life ever a movie coming out and one character being so honed in on with so many opinions. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. I'm trying to think of someone else and I can't. Like there's been a lot of movies that people haven't liked and a lot of movies that were hyped up, but I don't remember Superman coming out and people really honing in on how much they hated Ned Beatty's character or, (laughs) well, maybe there wasn't the internet then. So it was harder to, Spread the disgust around. I don't know, but that's true. The internet was just in its, you know, infant stage and was just early enough where there could be those we hate Jar Jar.com websites and and it was weird as a as a fan going to see the movie in May of ninety nine, like us, and to kind of be like, 
yeah, I'm cool with Jar Jar. It doesn't bother me. It's it's weird, and Star Wars is weird. I'm fine with all of this. It was it was a weird time to kind of be around where I don't know. At least for me, there were, there was a lot of like, you know, when I was going to see it 37 times from May to December of 99, there was a lot of people saying to me like, "You like that movie? Well, then do you like Jar Jar?" And that's like, yeah. I'm cool with Charger. Look at me. I'm six foot four. I weigh like a hundred something pounds. I'm lanky. Why wouldn't I like somebody that's exactly like me? <laughs> well, yeah, because it's what was kind of, I think, weird with the whole thing is it's like it went from it was cool to like Star Wars to it was cool to not like Jar Jar to the point where people would just brag about not liking them. And it was like it was cooler to not like him than it was to like Star Wars for a change, which seems like at a certain point, you just kind of, it was hard for people to be honest with what they liked and didn't like, because it was like, everyone was telling you, you're not, you're supposed to not like this thing. You know, and the, the, the 99, there were a lot of heart to heart conversations. Like if you like it, just like it. It doesn't matter what the other people say. It's okay to like this. Little secret, the other three movies are really weird, too. Have you ever really thought about Jawas? Like, really thought about Jawas? <laughs> I don't know, and I've always thought, I've always stood by the theory, too, that, and maybe I'm completely wrong, but like I was saying before, that a lot of Star Wars fans, Jar Jar was like looking in like, like, a, like a circus mirror at like a, fun, like a fun house for a lot of Star Wars fans. He's, he's, he's a little goofy. He's... Maybe talks weird. Maybe people treat him weird. Maybe he doesn't quite fit in with anyone else in this scenario. And I think as people extremely passionate about this crazy space wizard story, I think we all can kind of relate to that a little bit of being kind of awkward and out of place and surrounded by cool Jedi and people that seem to know what they're doing <laughs> as we kind of fumble around and drop glowing blue balls and stuff, you know, <laughs> like we've all, we've, we're all Jar Jar. And I think, you know, especially kind of in 99, some people didn't want to admit that they were kind of Jar Jar. Everyone thought they were a lot cooler than they really were in 1999. That's, that's very true. <laughs> there are a lot of, uh, there's some chain wallets and some baggy pants and some, <laughs> some yeah. looks. We did not, and we and we're telling the straight truth. We did not participate in any of that. Yeah, we were not much cooler in 1999. <laughs> <laughs> Our level of uncool has stayed a very straight path. So, but so, but Jar Jar, on the other hand, his level of coolness has gone up recently, and people's just like we were saying how people's opinions of the Phantom Menace are kind of tied to Jar Jar's. We're going to get into this as we go on, but the, the tide has kind of shifted and the Jar Jar jokes don't exist like they used to, thankfully, because it was, it was getting old. Yeah. It was really getting old. <laughs> There's only so many dozen years of jokes before they get old. Starting Friday, thousands of theaters around the country began showing a new two-minute trailer for what can possibly be described as the most eagerly awaited new movie of the decade, Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. Some Star Wars fanatics were able to get their first glimpse of this new trailer last Tuesday when it played in a few selected theaters around the country, and the footage was immediately posted on the web and painstakingly analyzed by fans looking for clues. Starting Friday, it was playing everywhere. 
Do you remember like when you first saw that first teaser trailer and we get our first kind of glimpse of Jar Jar in action? Because I remember before the movie came out, we were getting rumors of this all digital character that was going to be in the movie. I remember reading it like again, like I've talked about in like the computer lab at, at, at college and being like, what, what does that even mean? What is that even going to, what is that? And then that teaser trailer comes out and we see him in the bongo, like ah, monsters. It was, I remember thinking, Oh yeah, well that, that is different. But what was your impression of Jar Jar like before the movie came out and the trailers? I remember, yeah, us talking about this new character from whatever online rumors there were and how he was like the new Chewbacca and it was this big alien creature. And and I'm trying to remember if there was even a description of what he looked like. If they if we knew he had floppy ears or was amphibious or something. I can't even remember that. I just remember it like it was the new Chewbacca alien sidekick thing. But then when the trailer came out, I don't think I thought too much of it. I'm like, okay, yeah, there he is. There's there's so much new stuff in that trailer. It was just kind of like, okay, cool. That's maybe not what I was picturing in my head, but now that I see it, I'm like, all right. There's a chrome, there's a chrome ship and there's Darth Maul and there's yellow Naboo fighters and Kid Anakin and Jedi's and so much stuff in that teaser. Yeah, I don't think I wasn't obsessing over it or anything. It was just kind of like it was just one more thing that was kind of melting my brain watching that teaser. Yeah, what I mean, what did you think? What were your thoughts? More, I remember just being more blown away that like, oh wow, that is like an animated like character riding in this underwater spaceship thing with young Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon Jinn. Like, this is just crazy. And that first teaser is, it's a pretty accurate representation of what you're going to get in the movie. It's pretty showing you, you're going to be getting a lot of new stuff in this and kind of everybody get ready. You know, like I won the last Jedi previews, like them flat out telling you, this is not going to go the way you think. Those Phantom Menace ones were like, yeah, we're giving you a lot of new, so get ready, people. Yeah, look at all this stuff. <laughs> get used to it, because there's going to be a lot of it. I remember the f- the first full tra- trailer for Phantom Menace was the first time we really ever heard Jar Jar speak. Um, sometime in there, too, there was like the leaked audio recording of all the whole conversation in the bongo remember that and people were just losing their minds like is this the way it's going to be in the movie what's happening i don't remember that i don't think i knew about that before phantom menace came out there was a good amount of time i think that i for whatever reason didn't like check in with you (laughs) for the best (laughs) yeah right like we were both kind of off in our own days getting ready because you were off like getting all the books and trying to read the script and all that. And I remember I, I went to like a toy show and bought a bunch of the figures like a week or two early. I had Qui-Gon on my desk, just looking at him every day, trying to figure out what Qui-Gon was going to do in the movie. So I, uh, I did not hear that. So I think the first time I really heard that scene would have been in the movie. I remember listening to the audio of the whole conversation in the bongo. And I remember thinking, wow. With that smell stink with and stuff and all that kind of stuff, like that's gonna be crazy. <laughs> like but I never was like angry or like oh no, no, that's not my Star Wars, you know, kind of thing. But I remember that's when it's I started to see it come up, like on message boards 
some of the the Jar Jar anti Jar Jar stuff starting to come up, where people being like, "This isn't going to work. There's no way people are ever going to buy this." And I just always remember thinking, like, "Well, Star Wars has a lot of gobbledygook talk and crazy languages." And yeah, this is just one more. This is another one to add to the list of crazy gobbledygook alien nonsense language stuff. That's completely been in star Wars since Greedo showed up and started talking. And I guess that's the thing though, that like a hundred percent, honestly, Jar Jar has never ever bothered me ever. I, maybe I get if people didn't want goofy, literally goofy, the cartoon character in a star Wars movie, then maybe, I mean, if, you know, if you want Boba Fett driving a Harley through Tatooine, and blowing up people and stuff. If that's what you wanted, then I could understand you maybe hating Jar Jar, but that's not Star Wars. It never has been. Star Wars has always been goofy. And I was just like, this guy's fine. I mean, even the, the Piusa, the fart in the face, I was just like, man, George Lucas is nuts, but it didn't, <laughs> I never was, I never, I never got mad about it. I don't know. Yeah. It's no, it's no worse than the, than the burps and Jedi or, Anything, but that's kind of how I was like going in. I remember vividly watching the movie the first time, and like when Jar Jar showed up, it was like I was already trying to wrap my brain around. Wait, we had the Nemodians and droids talking, and all this crazy stuff had already happened. And he shows up, and it was just it was just as crazy and wacky as anything before it. I think the only thing about Jar Jar I ever even remember saying early on was it just seemed like maybe he was he was just really loud, <laughs> and it was like. Maybe he's louder than everybody else, but it was like, yeah, he's just, he shows up. He is what he is. The Gungans do their thing and all the other aliens are doing their thing. And it, it's, it, I think it goes back to like you're saying, how you feel about Phantom Menace and how you feel about Jar Jar are definitely tied together because how Jar Jar feels is how the whole movie feels. It's like, it's just this over the top wacky sci-fi adventure story and he fits right in with all the other weird stuff i mean they're racing giant engines in the desert and you know they're swimming underwater with fish giant dinosaur fish and it's like none of it seems out of place with any of the rest of it it's all one beautiful symphony of insanity (laughs) i remember i was a hundred percent with captain tarples and i was just like i was just like i I like these Gungans. I think Gungans are cool. Look at this crazy new alien race in this crazy new Star Wars movie. And I'm 100% with this. And it was a weird summer and it was a weird 20 years, practically, of kind of feeling affection for this character, this goofy character in this movie. And that, like we said early on, like it was so cool and like a badge of honor to... Not even hate on him, just be nasty about him. Like, just nasty. It's kind of crazy, too, to the point of people disliked the character so much that it kind of tainted the entire race of Gungans, too, where it's almost like, okay, if you didn't like Jar Jar, fine. The, all the Gungans weren't like Jar Jar, and it was to the point where we don't we don't get Gungans as an alien species in hardly any other Star Wars stuff because they have like this stigma that it's the Jar Jar race and we don't get them. It would be awesome to have a, a Gungan resistance pilot, but we probably never, we probably never will just because there's so many people who are just don't want to see anything Gungan, which is just bizarre because it's like 
all Rodians aren't sleazy bounty hunters that have bad aim like Greedo, you know? Well, who knows? Like I said, the, t- the tide has shifted maybe after this year. You know, it goes without saying, if you're listening to this, everyone fully knows that that hate and that nastiness unfortunately bled into the the real person that played Jar Jar. And like like we've said before, like I think we said when we were talking to Sky Talkers, like like your point, which is perfect, that people hated Jar Jar so much they hated the character. Part of that is because he seemed real. He seemed like he was there. And I think because of that and because he was the first motion capture character, nobody paid any attention to Ahmed Best. You know, nobody talked about Ahmed Best and what an amazing physical and vocal performance he did in that movie. And it hit home for him, as everyone knows. And that's why Celebration Chicago was such a pivotal moment in Phantom Menace and Jar Jar. And for Ahmed Best, for him to come out in front of thousands and thousands of cheering Star Wars fans. <laughs> Letting him know we're, we're not all jerks. <laughs> Well, I was thinking, yeah, the, the the extra sad thing, too, is like people, you know, we know that Jake Lloyd had a bad experience and he was just a kid at the time. But even Ahmed Best, really, it was what? He was in his early 20s, wasn't he? I mean, he's technically just practically a kid as well. And like, you know, it's hard enough for anyone to take that kind of criticism for something they work so hard on. But then also to kind of be that young and early in your career, like, yeah, I mean, that I don't think people realize or even thought about that yeah that jar jar was a real person (laughs) there is a real person involved because yeah they were just so they believed that character was a real character so much (laughs) i can't stand that real life orange frog man whatever planet they got him from they better send him back Ladies and gentlemen, please give a warm Star Wars celebration. Welcome to the only galactic senator you can trust and everyone's favorite Gungan, the one, the only, Ahmed Best! Well, let's go into a little bit of the history of this uh, of our of our orange friend Jar Jar Binks, how he was created, how things moved through the the various prequel films. Um, the first mention of Jar Jar in the script, he's referred to as odd frog like Gungan, and you know, in a, a career that was based on extremely bold and daring moves and not caring what anyone else thinks about what you're making. It was very bold and daring for, like we were saying, for George Lucas to put a character like Jar Jar into the most anticipated movie of all time. Well, he went from dare to be cute to dare to be goofy. And why wouldn't he? If anything, yeah. I mean, that's Jar Jar is George Lucas as much as anybody else in the movies, too. I mean, he's just a goofy guy. A little awkward. A little socially out of place. Were you saying getting up on stage could have been a disaster, but I guess it worked. It's, that's Jar Jar right there. <laughs> <laughs> long, long before Ahmed Best was was even hired and was even thought of, design work had began on Jar Jar as early as 1994. Um, the highly underrated Tara Whitlatch 
was uh, doing designs for what uh, for what Jar Jar could could end up looking like. George came to me with the character and basically said, "He's amphibious. He's tall. He um, means well, but he's always putting his foot in his mouth, and he's like a combination of." Um, Charles Chaplin and Danny Kaye and all those kind of slapstick comedians that ever happened. He's a combination of of duckbill, the dinosaur, and emu. Basically, is about the best way I can I can describe him with with the skin texture of an amphibian and the color pattern of a parrotfish. As we talked about in our Art of Phantom Menace episode, originally he had a dog named Blarf. I'm still waiting for Blarf to show up in something again. Hey, maybe we'll get a uh, like a Forces of Destiny with Jar Jar and Blarf. Maybe a Doc Undar's Room of Antiquities at Galaxy's Edge. There'll be a Blarf in there somewhere for the deepest, the deepest cut. It's behind the counter. You have to ask. Excuse me, Doc Undar. Do you have any Blarf merchandise? And wink. <laughs> you know, Blarf. A little drawer opens up. Pops out. You have to put the coaxium in first, and then they'll give you the Blarf. Do it, do it. Um. <laughs> in, in 95, Doug Chang started working on designs for what eventually become Jar Jar and... Tara Whitlatch was still working on it too, and Jar Jar's look had kind of gotten a little bit more refined on what he was going to look like. And so we started really thinking about, okay, well, what are the, the things that, you know, we would kind of like to see? And we decided to give him different proportions so that he would walk funny. Uh, he would have a slightly different gait. So we, we gave his, you know, his proportion from his knee to his foot was a little bit longer than normal. It's something that's very subtle, but it gave him a really gangly type of walk. Well, first of all, the ratite birds, which includes the ostriches and the emus and the rias and the cassowaries, or when they walk, their their necks go kind of this bump, 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 and then they kind of have this. I'd have to get up and demonstrate it, but <laughs> and the way, just even if you see a chicken walk, it's funny. It just is humorous, but it's it's graceful at the same time. I wanted to give that to this character. If you look through the art book, a lot of the these early drawings, Jar Jar is named uh, Jar Jar Binks with an X at the end of Binks. And the Gungans were called Goongans, which I swear isn't it in the beginning documentary. Don't they somewhere at one time they call them the Goongans? Yeah, when he's talking to Spielberg, they're talking about the Goongans. Uh, Ian McKay kind of jumped on in 96 and they were kind of, you know, even a year before the special editions even came out. They knew what Jar Jar was going to look like and trying to figure out just how the heck they were going to do this. And I don't think there was ever a version of The Phantom Menace that didn't include Jar Jar. Yeah, I was just trying to think, remember back to our, uh, to the beginning episode with the script drafts. And yeah, he was, wasn't he like a slightly different type of character, but he was always there. If you go back to the um, the final shooting script, like the, the, the filming screenplay, if you go through a lot of the scenes with Jar Jar, he had a lot more dialogue. And if you look at like some of the storyboards and like the, and Rinsler's uh, prequel storyboard book, it seemed like at one time they kind of toned down Jar Jar, even from the planning stages to what ended up on screen. Well, I would think a lot of that too, was just probably the amount of effect shots they had to have and just how much stuff is crammed into that movie. Well, and even when they started filming, they weren't sure how they were going to pull Jar Jar off. Was it going to be, 
Ahmed Best in the suit and they were just going to animate the head? Is it going to be a full digital character? They weren't sure. Originally, Jar Jar had short ears, and George thought, well, how about if he had long, floppy ears? You know, uh, they might be really funny if when he turns his head, the ears flop around. And so we did that, and actually, you know, it was one of those things where it's like, wow, that works. Uh, and then George, of course, wanted him to be very expressive. And so we thought, okay, well, what's expressive? You know, what can we do with the eyes to make them very comedic? And we thought, okay, well, they should be on stock so they can pop out. They could do all these things. Gave him a big mouth so he could do wild, crazy expressions. And so all those things, all those pieces start to sort of uh, blend together into creating who Jar Jar is now. Which kind of brings us to the Enter Ahmed Best, who came in and really gave Jar Jar personality, gave the, 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 the soul of Jar Jar. <laughs> well, it's interesting, yeah, to read the kind of the comments from the time, too, of some of the hesitation of swapping over to a full digital Jar Jar was George was worried that they would lose Ahmed Best's performance because he cast him not to be replaced by a CG character, but to actually act out and be Jar Jar. Like they hired Ahmed Best for how his body moved. That's, I think, one of the things, yeah, that people, it's easy to overlook and forget about that because he was replaced completely by this computer thing. It's not like they erased Ahmed Best. Like the way Jar Jar moves is is the way Ahmed Best moved on set when he was in the costume. Like it, it is his performance. It is him. He is the character. And like, people just don't realize that. Ahmed Best really changed movie history with his performance he gave and how much of his body and his movements he put into that character. It defined motion capture, everything that's come after it. You know, the topic of Andy Serkis always comes up, and it's kind of ironic that Andy Serkis played Snoke in eventually coming into Star Wars with this technology that was pioneered back then with Rob Coleman at ILM and Ahmed Best in the suit and them just in classic ILM style, just let's just figure this out as we go, and hopefully something is ready to be on screen in May, you know? Mm-hmm. It's very much like the history of the the making of the first Star Wars film where they had no idea how they were going to pull off this movie and they got it done and it changed everything. And so did The Phantom Menace. It was really, for me, it was very exciting. I was, I was very young, but I had just come off the stage. I was doing Stomp in New York and that was a very physical show. And um, yeah. at first, yeah, Stomp fans, but I... Yeah. Um, <laughs> But at first, it was really about capturing the physicality, and I thought that um, all I really had to do was be an actor. But what ended up happening was um, Rob Coleman, John Knoll, ILM, we kind of became, we were all Jar Jar. So it, was, it became this real symbiotic relationship, and we developed a style and a language and, and a code, literal code, as well as um, on-set and on-site code that really was the, the blueprint for what motion capture acting is today. And, you know, it wasn't without its hiccups and it wasn't without its um, challenges. It was, it was extremely challenging. We didn't know what was going to work, what wasn't going to work, so we just did everything. So even after principal photography was over, it, I was at ILM and it was me, George, and, and John and Rob, and we were all just trying to figure this thing out and how it was going to go and what it was going to do. 
when, because um, it was all just in George's yeah. head. The movie comes out, gets a, a lot of attention. The reaction to Phantom Menace wasn't incredible when it first came out. And like we said, Jar Jar was forever connected to people's opinions. He was kind of the poster boy for the prequel hate. It didn't make it any better that before the movie came out, Jar Jar was the one on the cover of Rolling Stone. And there was, when you went into Toys R Us, there was a lot of Jar Jar stuff. It was like Jar Jar and Darth Maul were the two things that there was a lot of. So it was really easy to walk into Toys R Us and be like, I hated that movie and I really hated that guy. People said that Jar Jar was in there only to appeal to children and to sell toys and which <laughs> Star Wars has never done that before. I always like that because I feel like the people who complain about that the loudest are the people who buy all the Star Wars toys too. No, no one who complains about that goes home to an empty house with no Star Wars merchandise in it. Well, and the worst claims of all, Jar Jar was somehow a racist character and all that stuff, which is, that was all really depressing while that was going on. So as, as an episode one fan, as a Jar Jar supporter, what was your experience like during all that time of loving this movie in an unnatural, unhealthy way, like an obsessive way? When there was all this kind of like crossing the line into you shouldn't like this movie and you shouldn't like this character because they're bad. You just got to tune people out and just not pay attention to it. But it does get tiresome year after year after year (laughs) where you couldn't read a Star Wars article without whoever the author was having to put a paragraph at the beginning about how the prequels were crap and Jar Jar ruined Star Wars. Unfortunately, that still goes on to a lesser degree. And now it's just you roll your eyes and like, we're still doing that. But but I think that kind of I feel like ties into the whole thing of it's hard to know what people really feel. Because, you know, if you're not sure what you're feeling and then you read an article and you just keep seeing people reminding you that they that that you're not supposed to like this. It's hard to know if really everyone doesn't like this or is it just the few people who get to write articles or who are, you know, making a YouTube video or something, are they the only ones that that hate this character or is it really everybody? And I think with Star Wars Celebration this year, we're kind of reassured that it's not everybody. There are a lot of people who are a little, maybe not as weird as we thought and, and enjoy this movie for what it is and enjoy that character for who he is. Yeah, I remember it was tough. I had a... I had my favorite t-shirt during the summer of 99. It was Jar Jar and a battle droid. And on the bottom was like the Battle of Naboo. And on the back, it just said Naboo on it. And I wore that thing everywhere. And I remember I, after a while, I kind of got frustrated to wear it because I would just be like at the grocery store or something. And just random strangers be like, did you really like that? And I was like, "I Yeah. I'm wearing the shirt. I just went to it for the third for the, the the 25th time last week. Like, yes. When did when did we start talking this way about Star Wars? This is you know, <laughs> this is freaking and like you said, I would just tune it out and I'd just be like, I'm just going to keep going to this movie because every time I go watch this movie, it's making me think of new crazy thoughts about the prophecy of the one who will bring balance to the force and all this crazy stuff. And I'm just going to keep going to this thing and I'm just going to groove on it in my own way. And I'm, I don't care what anybody else says. 
Well, then we were getting closer to episode two coming out, and it was the big question of, so what's going to happen with Jar Jar in episode two? And before episode two came out, there was a great series of little mini documentaries on StarWars.com. It was like On Location, I think it was called, and it was Ahmed Best going around interviewing people, cast, and like crew for Attack of the Clones. And they were great. And he was perfect. And those are nowhere to be found anymore. Yeah, it's a shame there's a a treasure trove of these behind-the-scenes things that are hiding somewhere. Hopefully Lucasfilm will put them back out or somebody has them on a VHS tape somewhere and they can get them up on on YouTube. Maybe for the 20th anniversary of Attack of the Clones or something because they were fantastic. I just remember really enjoying them and it's weird. They were not on the DVD. They're not archived on StarWars.com at all or anything. And they're somewhere. They're sitting somewhere. I'm at best talking to cast and crew of Attack of the Clones. But So definitely in Attack of the Clones, Jar Jar had a smaller role. He was great in the beginning. He, you know, executive power to the Supreme Chancellor and all that stuff at the end. How are you with Jar Jar's role in Attack of the Clones after you left the movie. Was was Jar Jar even on your mind at all after experiencing Attack of the Clones? It was probably a few times into Attack of the Clones before I started to think about that because the last, I've said it before, I'll, I'll say it until the end of time, like the last 30, 40 minutes of that movie melts my brain every time. Yeah, it's something I think I've thought about a lot since then is, is always wondering was that character in Attack of the Clones less because it just made sense for the story or was George Lucas intentionally kind of dialing him back because he just didn't want to deal with the backlash that he got from Phantom Menace? Because it does seem like before Clones came out and before kind of there was just so much anger about that character that he was supposed to be, you know, he's the new Chewbacca, he's the new 3PO, he's the new sidekick that's going to be on adventures with these characters. And then he kind of got pushed to the background, but I don't know. What do you think? Cause I just try to think like if it wasn't alternate universe where Jar Jar was like the BB eight of Phantom Menace and everyone couldn't get enough of him, where would they have even stuck him in attack of the clones? Like what would he have done other than being Senator Binks or representative Binks? Yeah. And even in revenge of the Sith, cause revenge of the Sith, he says like two words, And then you see him again at Padme's funeral. Where would he have been in Attack of the Clones? Where would he, what would he possibly do in Revenge of the Sith? Well, Sith kind of makes sense that he's not in there because I think, I mean, we haven't, (laughs) amazingly, we haven't talked that much about Revenge of the Sith. That movie, because it kind of decided to focus really in on Anakin, I think a lot of the kind of outside characters really didn't get a lot of time to be in the movie. So it it kind of fits that he would be in that one the least, but with attack of the clones kind of being more about, you know, there's the the Padme Anakin stuff and Obi-Wan stuff and everyone's kind of getting to do things like, would he have been tagging along with Anakin and Padme? Would he have been helping Obi-Wan uncover the mystery of the clones? I mean, if you look at other star Wars movies and look at like, Chewbacca or the droids or BB-8 and the kind of the roles they serve in these movies. Yeah, they kind of go along on the adventures and help a little bit and provide comic relief. 
you know, BB-8 shooting the coins out at Canto Bite and stuff. Like, little cute, neat little moments. If Phantom Menace, yeah, like we said, this alternate universe where Phantom Menace comes out and people are like, Jar Jar is the funniest, greatest character I have ever seen in a motion picture ever, and I need more Jar Jar. Yeah, he would have, his role in the prequels would have been very different. And those two other Star Wars movies could have potentially been very different kinds of movies. And it breaks my heart to think of the way George Lucas thought maybe Jar Jar's character was going to go. And if he at one time were like, well, I've got to take him out. Just Anakin and Padme are going to go to Naboo. And whatever side story I have for Jar Jar, whatever funny business that made him laugh when he was typing, (laughs) that's out. Yeah, because I would think he would have, right? He would have went along with Anakin and Padme to Naboo because that's where he's from. And he probably would have went with them to Tatooine because he'd been there with them, right? He would have got to talk to 3PO. He would have probably ended up on Geonosis, yeah, and been in the in the arena battle. Or he, he could have been in the droid factory or all the funny business going on with 3PO. Maybe that was originally going to be stuff with Jar Jar. Yeah, and George Lucas kind of got his revenge of, hey, you don't want Jar Jar? Fine. Just wait till you see what 3PO does. <laughs> This is gold. This is the funniest stuff I've ever done. Yeah. Don't forget there was another slightly irritating to people character who was a little bit wackier than everyone else in the original movies. He's back. Yeah, I thought about it so much. What what would it have been? What could it have been? I, I You know, and honestly, I was always kind of heartbroken that Jar Jar got pushed to the side. And the guy who never seemed to care what the audiences thought. And would just get weird as heck with his movies. So it's just like, well, are you caving into the fans a little bit? I don't know. We'll never know. But uh, yeah, and I think that's where when I, the more I think about it, I always kind of go back and forth. Because on one hand, it seems like he dialed him back. But then on the other hand, yeah, he's he's crazy George Lucas. It's not like Attack of the Clones wasn't jam-packed full of other completely ridiculous things that, you know, maybe alienated some fans. So it's not like he... He wasn't still George Lucas in those movies. So, you know, maybe it just didn't make sense when he was trying to do the story that he had to he had to dial back something. And unfortunately, there wasn't as much room for Jar Jar. When we saw Jar Jar next, there was enough room for him. And there was a lot of Jar Jar things going on in Clone Wars, which is a breath of fresh air. And it's thank you so much, because whatever we didn't get in episodes two and three, we got doubled down on with Clone Wars, starting out right away in the first season with the incredible, fantastic episode, Bombad Jedi. Yeah, that was so wonderful that we got the Clone Wars cartoon and just wondering, like, well, who, who's going to be in it? What's going to have? And not, you know, waiting till three seasons. It was like right away, oh, no, this is Clone Wars. This is prequel stuff. We're going to have Jar Jar. He's still here. George still loves him. Dave Filoni, obviously... Loves that character, too. And, yeah, we got some great Jar Jar stuff in Clone Wars. Bombad Jedi is such a good episode. He comes back quite a bit in Clone Wars. Weirdly, kind of in the middle of Clone Wars, especially like the episode Gungan General. Ahmed Best wasn't back, and the very mysterious B.J. Hughes was doing the voice, which is the greatest Star Wars mystery of all time. Who is B.J. Hughes? 
be some bombad clankins coming this away. Yeah, no, what? Bombad clankins? Uh -huh. Right there. Where? There. No. Wait. Oh, there. Oh, I can't. There. I... Oh, you're right. Bombad clankers. What? Yeah, where? Why? Couldn't Ahmed Best do it? And who is the mysterious BJ Hughes? Is because as much as you either like or don't like Jar Jar, Ahmed Best is Jar Jar. And when it's not his voice, it's very strange. <laughs> it's unsettling. It's, 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 makes me feel gross. <laughs> yeah, take a shower after you watch those episodes. Like, ooh. But Ahmed Best was back in the last season for the wonderful episode, The Disappeared, which is a buddy adventure story with Jar Jar and Mace Windu, where we learn that Jar Jar has a girlfriend, the Queen Julia. Such a good episode. George Lucas gave Jar Jar a girlfriend, and you get to hear Jar Jar say the name Julia so many times. It's so good. Well, it's a good one to revisit, too, since aren't we at the Temple of Doom 35th anniversary this year, right? Is that where we're at? And there's a lot of uh, Temple of Doom in those episodes thanks to uh the wonderful jw rinsler who what lucas tasked him to make jar jar cool again or what did he say something like that something like that yeah to rehabilitate him I can only imagine those conversations between rinsler and lucas and how to make jar jar cool surprisingly i think it worked right i mean that was every it's funny to think back how like people were really excited that hey it's Ahmed Best is back again. It's not the weird BJ Hughes and we're getting more Jar Jar. And it's only been every year since then, right? Jar Jar love is just growing and growing. So, it, And it speaks to the genius of George Lucas, too, because he knew the people watching Clone Wars, aside from the weirdos like us, well, like you, because I wasn't even watching it at the time. <laughs> I, I'll admit it. I made a mistake. I made a mistake, which is equally weird. Yeah. But. The kids that didn't care about any of the dumb backlash and the goofballs on the internet, the kids that loved episodes one, two, and three, and the kids that then were watching the Clone Wars, they loved Jar Jar. Those episodes weren't for the weird old people. They were for the people that were already loving Jar Jar, and it was just giving them more of what they love. Because we didn't even have, like, it wasn't even just Jar Jar. We got... More Captain Tarple's action. We met Peppy Bo, the Gungan with the best name ever. Peppy Bo. I love Peppy Bo. Didn't she have a nice hat, too? She had a fantastic hat. She was, like, working in a garden. We never got a Peppy Bo action figure, and I'm still kind of bummed about it. There's Gungans all over the place in Clone Wars. We got Gungan action with them swimming underwater. Gungans doing the coolest stuff all the time. Who are you? Me, Sir Peppy Bow. We think the virus that made your animals sick came from the Perloti trees. You shall follow this river. You shall find you Perloti. Next time we see Jar Jar, though, an official story, though, was uh, Chuck Wendig's third aftermath book, Empire's End. Gabe, you recently reread that uh, little chapter. I, I never, when we talked about this when the book came out, when the book came out, people are always like, it's so, oh my God, it's so sad. They, I can't believe it, what they did to Jar Jar. And I, was, I never took it as being sad. Yeah, I, people said it was sad or like, oh, I, why did they, or they were like, oh, Jar Jar, got, Jar Jar got what he deserved or whatever. But no, I think it's 
think it's great. It's probably my favorite part of that whole book because it's just, I guess it's bittersweet maybe, but yeah, it's like basically the story of there's refugee kids from the war and Naboo being Naboo is taking all these orphaned refugee kids in and taking care of them until they can get adopted. And it's about this little boy, I think Mapo, Mapo is his name. And he's like, he lost his ear and he's kind of disfigured and no one wants to adopt him. And he goes and meets Jar Jar by this fountain and Jar Jar, we find out has been hanging out as like a clown and entertaining all these refugee kids and they become friends because no one really likes either of them. And Jar Jar kind of talks about how people don't like him, but he doesn't understand it, but he doesn't care. He just wants to make people happy and they decide to be friends at the end. And it's like, it's perfect. It's like where you would expect Jar Jar. Jar Jar is still Jar Jar. He's still trying to make people happy. He's still the same old person. But, you know, the world's still not ready for him, I guess. But he's doing the best he can, and he's making kids happy, which is what he was put on Naboo for. <laughs> it's what he was born to do. So when I read it, too, it speaks, like, beyond the movie. Like, Jar Jar's kind of like, I don't know, some people didn't like me because they thought I did a bad thing, like, talking about, like, Palpatine and all this stuff. But he made kids happy. He made children laugh. And that's where Jar Jar was happy. And that's where he ended up. And that's Jar Jar's legacy, you know? And I was just like, this is beautiful. This is genius. Yeah, it makes me want them to do a um, do a little animated version. Like, it's just short and sweet. It would be perfect with all the kind of little animation stuff they've been doing. Little Galaxy of Adventures thing, even. Yeah, it would be perfect for that. Because, yeah, I... I'm glad I had an excuse to reread it. It, it kind of you get you get a little misty eyed reading it because I think it's just it's a perfect kind of ending for letting you know where that character is. He's still out there. He's still making kids happy. The grown ups still don't understand him, but he doesn't care. He's just you know he's going to be friends with all the misfits and people who other people don't know what to do with. And that's Jar Jar. That's Jar Jar one hundred percent. Lisa Jar Jar Binks. You're gun gun, aren't you? Uh-huh. How'd you end up here with us? My no no. Mesa day starting pity orky day with the brisky morning munching, then boom! Getting very scared and grabbing that Jedi and pow! Mesa here. Huh. Mesa getting very, very scared. The lead up to Force Awakens, you know, the kind of the Jar Jar thing kind of started to come back a little bit. And it was kind of like, oh, like we were saying still, oh, my God. But like we said a thousand times already, Celebration Chicago was the turning point for the Phantom Menace, for Jar Jar. It was where the tide shifted. It was where Ahmed Best could come out on stage and hear the roar of like how many people were in that wind trust arena? What was it like? 7,000, 8,000. I think it was, it was in the thousands here that many people cheering for him and cheering for Jar Jar and cheering for that movie. I mean, even in Dan Brooks's colossal article on starwars.com, even people like John Knoll were talking about how good it was for them to be on stage and to finally 20 years later, Talked to this huge arena that just loved the Phantom Menace and wanted to hear what they had to say about it. Ahmed Best was, you know, he was the star of that weekend. Like, 
Ahmed Best and the Rise of Skywalker teaser were like the two things that everyone talked about the most. And when people got their picture taken with Ahmed Best, like for an autograph or something, that was the one that like, look, I met Ahmed Best. Look at how cool that is. You know, and everyone's like, oh, man, that's great. Look at him. It was so good to have him there and for the crowd to be as awesome as they were and the true spirit of star Wars fans and the true spirit of star Wars to welcome him back. And it was, it was the young people that are now in their twenties that grew up with the prequels. And it was also the old weirdos that aren't jerks you know, <laughs> that were welcoming, welcoming him back and welcoming back the Phantom Menace too. Cause like we said, they're, their symbiotic relationship. I think the one thing we've learned from all this, though, is that it's Phantom Menace year, and Phantom Menace is deeply loved, and so is Jar Jar Binks. You can't make those Jar Jar jokes anymore. It's <laughs> it's not cool. They're not welcome anymore, I don't feel like. and You can't control who or what you love. You just love it, and it's, you know, if you don't love it, that's cool. You can go love what you love, but there's... There's people that love this movie, love that character, and they can't help it. Leave us alone. <laughs> <laughs> and because we're all Jar Jar Binks. Take a, take a good look. You're, you're Jar Jar Binks. I'm Jar Jar Binks. We're all Jar Jar Binks. All my best! You guys are going to make me tear up, and I'm an unattractive crier. (laughs) So we put the call out to listeners to share their stories of Jar Jar Love in emails and voice messages, and we got a lot of them. Let's start going through some of them. Let's see what you folks, the listeners out there, what you had to say about your level of Jar Jar Love. So what's our first one? So our first email is from Kara DJ. And Kara says, Hey, peeps, I would have to say my favorite Jar Jar memory is more recent. In all the speculation leading up to episode eight, I spent an embarrassing amount of time watching Jar Jar is Snoke theory videos. I sent one to a friend saying, I think this is true. And he just replied, this video is nine minutes long. I'm not watching this. <laughs> and the thing I've loved the most about the 20th anniversary celebrations for Phantom Menace this year is reflecting on the truly innovative technology, not to mention what a pioneer Ahmed Best was, being one of the first actors to ever experiment with that kind of performing. I'm so glad he got the love he deserved at celebration this year. It was a highlight of the weekend. Thanks. Kara DJ at Sacred Something by Kara on Instagram. Thank you, Kara. Very well said. Our next one is from Ethan. He writes, Hey, Jason and Gabe, I was three years old when The Phantom Menace came out, and I don't remember seeing the film in theaters. What I do remember is my adoring love for Jar Jar Binks. I had a Jar Jar toothbrush, towel, and action figures, stickers, shirts, Taco Bell toys, everything. Even to this day, I can never get enough of good old JJB. He's always been one of my favorite Star Wars characters and always will be. Thank you for the Jar Jar appreciation. Best Ethan Hall. Oh, man. Thank you, Ethan. And I feel like I am 100 years old. (laughs) 
Well, we have similar taste with three-year-olds, I guess. <laughs> just, which is where you want to be. That's where the that's the sweet spot. Our next one is an audio one by uh, by Matthew. So let's let's listen to that. Hey, Blast Points. My name is Matt. I'm a huge fan of the podcast. Just want to give a quick shout out to Jason and Gabe. Thank you guys for making seriously one of the best fandom podcasts there is out there. So I heard you guys were doing a Jar Jar Binks episode, and I felt like I just had to share my perspective, and I'm sure a lot of people can relate. So I was eight years old at the time of The Phantom Menace, and I really knew nothing of Star Wars before it. I remember in the lead-up to the movie, kind of getting pulled in by things like the Pepsi cans and trying to collect all these weird characters' Pepsi cans. I remember being excited to get a Jar Jar Binks Mountain Dew can and kind of becoming attached to this kind of strange-looking alien character. For all I knew, he was a huge part of Star Wars. I didn't know he was a new character. I didn't know what people would think of him. Then I remember getting his action figure and kind of falling in love with the strangeness that was Star Wars before I even saw a movie. So naturally, when I saw The Phantom Menace being my first Star Wars movie I ever saw, I fell in love with the the pod race, I fell in love with the lightsaber duel at the end, and I fell in love with the strangeness of Star Wars, that I could see things like Watto and Jar Jar, and I totally just ate up the silliness of all of it. The slapstick humor was perfect for me at the time. So by the time Attack of the Clones came out, I remember being really disappointed that Jar Jar wasn't a big part of the movie. It didn't make sense to me. So once I learned years later of what the backlash was against Jar Jar and against George and the prequels and the dislike towards the prequel movies, it kind of shocked me. But over time, I kind of bought into it. And I I believe that, oh, I guess the prequels are bad movies. But I just want you guys to know that with podcasts like yours and with the fandom surrounding Star Wars, I've totally gone back to what made me buy into Star Wars, what made me fall in love with Star Wars, and it's a hundred percent characters like Jar Jar. I would not be the fan I am today without Jar Jar, and I think it's so important to remember what Jar Jar's purpose was, and that for me as an eight-year-old, it was perfect, and it was exactly what I wanted from the movie, and I can't thank George, and I can't thank Ahmed Best enough for giving me that. So thanks for letting me share real quick what Jar Jar means to me. I can't wait to hear the rest of the episode, and I can't wait to hear maybe what others have to say. Guys, may the Force be with you. Thanks. Cool. Thanks, Matt. That's kind of like, you know, that's like what you were saying. Just don't believe the hype. You gotta love what you love. (laughs) Uh, Thanks for sending that, Matt. What's next? Next we have Cheyenne from the Kessel Run podcast, and Cheyenne says, Hi, Jason and Gabe. I am a prequel generation kiddo, so Jar Jar was among my Star Wars firsts, and I distinctly remember my mom and I always saying Misa for at least a year. To be honest, she still does it, and he was the only Taco Bell cup topper I had for more than a year. I was lucky enough to meet you two twice at at Star Wars Celebration. Thanks for all the laughs and such an awesome podcast. All the Ahmed best, Cheyenne. Oh, yeah, that's that's awesome. Thank you, Cheyenne. <laughs> Say thank you to your mom, too, for keeping the Misa dream alive. Misa like that. All right. So next one is uh, is an audio one from Angel. And he's got he's got a blog and podcast. It's called The Rancor's Pit. Fantastic. So let, let's hear what let's hear what Angel has to say here. Hello, Jason and Gabe. This is Amuf Malker. This is Angel de Jorge. I'm from Spain, from Canary Islands. Uh, I live in Tenerife, an island next to Fort 
Aventura The Location Where Lucasfilm Filmed uh, Solo A Star Wars Story And Severin The Place Of Memphis Nest mm, First of all sorry, sorry for my English I know it's not good enough But well Never mind Ah, and thank you so much for your awesome podcast. So funny, so smart, I love it. My first memory from Jar Jar comes from The Phantom Menace in 99. I love the characters, so funny, so goofy, so Star Wars. It was a pity, all the backlash. But it, I think that many people have learned to love the character, and now there are a lot of Jar Jar lovers like us. I can't wait to see the movie and Jar Jar with my two years old daughter Ayla. I know, I'm sure she's going to love Jar Jar too. So, well, this this is all. And thank you again. And may the force be with all of you. Bye bye. Oh, that's great. You know what's great too is we don't get to say this, but we can say, Are you an angel? And you can say yes. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much, angel. We've heard the deep space uh, pilots talk about you, and it was all true. Uh, so our next one is another audio clip, and this one is from Jeffrey. Let's hear what Jeffrey has to say. Hey, Jason and Gabe, it's Jeff from over here at the Canto Cast and the Blue Milk Cafe podcast. You also might know me as Lazy Wampa on Twitter. And I heard you guys were looking for some Jar Jar love stories, and I thought, I'd be the perfect person to send you in one because anybody that knows me on Twitter or in my personal life knows that I loved Jar Jar since day one back in 1999. And I was no spring chicken back in 1999. I was 30 years old. So just call me a big kid because I just loved his humor. I loved the way he talked. I just, I, I didn't see any way how someone could actually hate him. And I didn't know about all the Jar Jar hate until years and years later. It was amazing to me once I discovered all this hate, and I didn't know where it was coming from. And then when I found out the reasonings why some people hated him, oh, he was too childish. His his humor was dull. He was so slapstick. Well... You know, George Lucas did say these movies were made for kids. And since I'm just a big kid, and The Phantom Menace took me back to my to my seven, eight-year-old self sitting in the movie theater watching A New Hope for the first time, I connected with Jar Jar right away on that level of, hey, he's making me feel like a kid again. I love this. Movie magic at its best. Jar Jar... I'm at best. You will always have a fan, a fan in me. That's perfect, Jeffrey. Thank you. You know. Yeah. Thanks, Jeff. Yeah. You're never, you're never too young for Jar Jar. You're never too old for Jar Jar. Never too, too sleepy for Jar Jar. You're never too hungry for Jar Jar. If you got a cold, you're never too sneezy for Jar Jar. There's always time for Jar Jar. What's next? What do we got next? All right. Next up is Lucy Barton. And Lucy says, greetings, Blast Points podcast. If I've ever had reservations about loving Jar Jar Banks, it's about making that love public rather than anything to do with the character. 
Jar Jar is just a big sweetheart. Seven-year-old me thought so, and if anything, 27-year-old me is even more firm in her conviction. He has been a source of comfort through the years and a big inspiration for my creative work. But more than that, he's an example of the kind of adult I want to be. Warm-hearted, caring, and considerate. Never a prisoner of egotism or despondent over his own limitations, but willing to give all he can to help his friends. In my eyes, not only a great Star Wars character, but a true hero. Yeah, Lucy, you are on point. The truth. We all need to be, we're all, we are all Jar Jar, but we all need to be more Jar Jar. We need to wake up every morning, look at ourselves in the mirror and say, how can I be more Jar Jar? WWJJBD. <laughs> every day, say it, make the world a better place. Okay, this next one is from Mrs. Binks. If you don't, if you're on Twitter and you don't already follow Mrs. Binks, you're not going to get, you're not going to find anywhere else on Twitter where there's a whole lot more Jar Jar love than the Mrs. Binks account. I love it. And she writes that she decided to become Mrs. Binks after discovering international talk like Jar Jar Day on Twitter and found out it wasn't just all in irony. It was in fact genuine and run by a wonderful person who really loved Jar Jar Binks. His spreading of Jar Jar love made me so happy to know I was not alone and maybe I wasn't some sort of not true fan of Star Wars. I wanted to spread some Binks love as well and hopefully make others happy like the way he made me and also add some positivity to a fandom that really needed it, especially after the release of Last Jedi and the opening up of harassment the Star Wars actors like Kelly Marie Tran and Ahmed Best. To be 100% truthful, I thought maybe I'd do the whole Mrs. Binks thing for maybe a few months before dropping it. I never would expect in a million years to get so much support from the kind and most kind and gracious people ever. I met some of the most amazing friends just through a mutual love of a character that everyone else seemed to hate. And one of the best things about it all has been getting messages from people telling me they loved Jar Jar in secret for so long and to see someone being so open about adoring the character has made them feel less alone and less ostracized. This is, without a doubt, one of my favorite things about running my Mrs. Binks account, knowing that there are people out there who are happy from the little doodles and posts that I make, showing them that they are not alone in their love of Jar Jar, and they are not less of a fan for it. I can't even describe how happy it makes me. And being able to have such amazing supporters and friends from it almost overwhelms me with, with joy. Anyways, I'm, I'm sorry for rambling so much. I really appreciate the fact that you guys are doing an episode on Jar Jar and spreading some positivity about him instead of doing the usual negative stuff. Thanks, thanks to you guys from the bottom of my heart, you're all bomb bad. With mountains of smiles and hugs, Mrs. Binks. That's wonderful. Yeah, head over there to Mrs. Binks. Give her a follow if you don't already. Yeah, that's great. It's nice to hear... Jar Jar love and it's sad to think about that there's people who are ashamed of their Jar Jar love if you're ashamed let it out let the world know just, just dig what you like you're not alone also what's next all right next we have Baz from Force Material Podcast and Baz says hi guys we did an episode all about Jar Jar last year somewhat inspired by Ahmed Best's haunting post about his suicidal thoughts that post was a real wake-up call, I think, for a lot of people and for me personally. I remember being a Jar Jar skeptic back in 99. Once the thrill of the pioneering computer graphics had worn off, I had felt 
we were left with a character who was foolish at best and deeply problematic at worst. It was cool to slag off Jar Jar, even Simon Pegg was doing it in spaced. But 20 years on, with a more mature head on my shoulders and a more open mind, I can see how Amon put his heart and soul into a performance that should have made his name, not broken him. Jar Jar was born from a place of purity, of old-fashioned vaudevillian humor, but he was turned on by the fans, and Ahmed was abandoned by the movie business. It's a great shame. Jar Jar is loyal, sincere, and generous, with a huge heart. He's funny and warm and good-natured. He's a galactic forest gump, a lovable if hapless everyman without special powers, <laughs> unless you count his wild swings of good and bad luck as chaotic affinity with the force. Let's face it, he's basically what you and I and most people would actually be in the Star Wars universe, not hotshot pilots or sassy smugglers. We'd pretty much be klutzes. I have a baby now. He's too little to engage with Star Wars properly yet. But even so, I can finally see the big picture appeal of JJB. As well as that open mind, I have a more open heart. And I can finally tap into the sense of innocence and wonder Jar Jar exudes more easily than I could have done as a jaded 20-something. Jar Jar is cool. There, I said it. And Ahmed is the best. He really took one for the team. After all, it could have been worse. Michael Jackson was lobbying for the part pretty hard. Cheers, guys. Baz. <laughs> oh, man. Thank you, Baz. Yeah, and yeah, that's that's the truth. Michael Jackson wanted it. Oh, boy. Wow, that could have... Yeah, talk about alternate realities. <laughs> you can't be Captain EO and Jar Jar Binks. There's no way. Crossing the streams, yeah. Would have been too weird. The Force Materials Jar Jar episode from last year is really fantastic, too. So if you like what you hear with this, go back and check out Force Material. So our next one is from Ross, and it's a voice recording. So let's let's hear what Ross has to say. Hi, Jason and Gabe. It's Ross from the UK. I'm so glad that you're doing an episode dedicated to Jar Jar for your Phantom Menace year. The big Jar Jar. The OG JJ. (laughs) My first memory of Jar Jar was probably a Phantom Menace souvenir magazine uh, from a newspaper that I received before the movie came out and was instantly fascinated with him. He seemed like something so different to the original movies. And I used to do lots of drawings of him from the magazine, as well as Soboba, but mostly Jar Jar. Uh, I thought his look, his design was so intriguing and totally wacky, and yeah, absolutely loved it. Um, And I love his flappy ears, especially, and I love his silly feet, and I love how kind he is, and especially love him when he's uh, being chased by the bigger fish. Uh, and I also love that my girlfriend says, Excuse me, even though I know that she's saying it wrong on purpose, just to irritate me. Uh, so I hope you have a great Jar Jar day, guys. Uh, thanks, and bye. That's great. Yeah, thank you, Ralph. T- uh, tell your girlfriend thank you, too, for... <laughs> for the squeeze me's and thank you for giving a shout out to Jar Jar's silly feet we don't hear that enough and it, even though it's it's Jar Jar love day we still like hearing about people doing Saboba drawings too so <laughs> you were you grew up right you were doing it the doing it the good way our next one is from Justin and he writes fellas I was never the biggest Jar Jar fan being in high school when Phantom Menace came out I was not able to connect to the character. Cut to today, seeing the joy he brings to my eight-year-old daughter and my four-year-old son means the world to me. 
he bridges a gap with them where they can get comedic relief amongst trade dispute talk and keeps them entertained. I often pull out my weak Jar Jar impersonation to get them to smile or to be embarrassed with me. I never thought I'd write an email about Jar Jar, but it's amazing how something so silly can mean so much to my kids and I. So wizard. Justin. Oh, man, that's... That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about, man. That's what that's, <laughs> that's what it's all about. Thank you, Justin. So next up is Travis, and Travis says, Hey, Jason and Gabe, so excited for an episode all about Jar Jar. Misa, a huge Jar Jar fan. Okie day. Jar Jar Binks is, was, and always will be one of the best characters ever imagined. I was 11 when The Phantom Menace came out and will never forget seeing him for the first time on the big screen. It was literally mind-blowing to see this type of motion capture character interacting with the human characters and environments. Not to mention that he was hilarious throughout the movie and captured the Star Wars spirit every step of the way. It is so cool to see a Jar Jar renaissance, Binksessance, happening this year. I will always admire Ahmed Best for being the pioneer of motion capture who paved the way for everything we are seeing today, from Lord of the Rings to Planet of the Apes to the sequel trilogy. Seeing the ovation he got at Celebration was incredible. I love Jar Jar from the minute I saw him, and it is a lot of fun to see my daughter latch on to him every time we turn on the prequels or one of his episodes on The Clone Wars. Thank you for highlighting everyone's favorite Gungan, Jar Jar Forever. Mesa the Force and be with Yusa. Fantastic, Travis. Thank you. I love all these stories. We've gotten so many stories of people talking about how their young kids today are connecting with Jar Jar. Yeah, it's almost like George Lucas knew what he was doing. Imagine that. So last but not least, we've got Katie, Pohat Dameron, Twitter, Darth Maul, superfan. Let's see what Katie has to say. Hey, Blast Points, uh, coming to you from Dasimir, but, you know, only if you have your Crimson Dawn ring inserted properly into the phone, uh, is me, Katie, your good old friend. Uh, I'm here to drop in a quick word about Jar Jar Binks and just how much I love him. And, you know, honestly, my Jar Jar story is kind of a sad one. Well, maybe not sad, but just I'm a little ashamed, honestly. Uh, but, you know, we, sh- we should all have bravery and-, and look ourselves in the face and admit when we've made mistakes. Because, you know, when The Phantom Menace first came out, I was like 10 years old. And, of course, I loved Jar Jar. I was that perfect age to just adore Jar Jar Binks. I thought he was so funny. You know, every one of his lines absolutely slayed me. I was just overflowed with love for Jar Jar. Um, until Attack of the Clones came out. When Attack of the Clones came out, I was, you know, 13. I was getting to be a teenager. And, you know, I think when you're that age, anything that's kind of considered childish or babyish, you know, it, it's almost like poison. You know, you're, you're jaded towards it. And so it just wasn't cool at that age for me to like Jar Jar. So, you know, I was really excited for Attack of the Clones. And I go in to watch that movie and everybody's like, oh, Jar Jar's so lame. And I was like, yeah, Jar Jar, so lame. I don't like him anymore. Nah. <laughs> I was, oh, I was awful. I was so awful about Jar Jar for a long time. And, you know, 
I know that's kind of hard to imagine because I'm always like living my Phantom Menace love out loud. And Jar Jar was just kind of the thing I would never stand. I would be like, yeah, Phantom Menace is amazing, except Jar Jar. Like, oh, I was the worst. Like I said, I'm just, I'm so ashamed now, but that's how I was for the longest time. And it wasn't really until the Aftermath trilogy came out, those series of books, and we got that scene of Jar Jar Binks um, after the events of Revenge of the Sith. And it showed Jar Jar living on Naboo and and entertaining children. You know, that's his little story. It, it's so cute. He He's just basically a street performing clown. And even though the adults, you know, shun him, the adults don't laugh at his jokes, he makes the kids laugh so hard. And there was something about reading that story that really resonated with me and really reminded me that that is why Jar Jar is here. Jar Jar is here for the delight of children, for the delight of the child that I was when I first fell in love with Jar Jar. You know, he's so pure and so good and so wonderful. And I just wanted to embrace that again. And so now, you know, you'll find me, my penance (laughs) for ever saying a bad word about Jar Jar is, you know, now I will never say anything but nice things about Jar Jar. And I will absolutely go to the mat for Jar Jar. Anytime I'll fight you. Oh my goodness. So yes, Jar Jar is wonderful and I adore him. And I've gone ahead and written a little poem for you guys just to uh, just to kind of express my Jar Jar love because I really I can't think of a better way, honestly, to to say how much I love Jar Jar except in verse. So uh, so here it is. Here's my Jar Jar poem. Prepare to be blown away because it's amazing, honestly. So here it is. <clears throat> hey there, hey there, little Jar Jar. Can you tell me how you are, are? Are you feeling bombad today? No, don't go. Misa, stay. Hey there, hey there, little Jar Jar. Never, ever go very far, far. All right, Blast Points. I hope you liked that. I hope you liked it as much as I love Jar Jar. So you guys have a great, great show. I'm really looking forward to it. All right, see you. (laughs) Bravo. Oh, we're never once to turn down a good poem, and that was a good poem. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for sending in your emails, your voice messages. We, uh, we, we hit the midpoint of Phantom Menace year the best way possible with a all-night Jar Jar party. <laughs> <laughs> how I always played Jar Jar and I always thought about Jar Jar and even through all that he has been in through the movies you know and really was how I played the character was the fact that regardless of everything that he's been through regardless of who he's with where he is or decisions that he's made he'll never let you down and as you watch the movies and each scene that Jar Jar is in, Jar Jar is just making everyone know and everyone believe that regardless of what you say to him, what you do with him, he will always be there for you and he'll never let you down. Yeah.
So it is that time of month where we have got to say a big thank you, a big shout out to all those folks on Patreon, to all those members of the Blast Points Army out there on Patreon, helping us so much, supporting the show. We love each and every one of you, and we're going to give a shout out to each and every one of you right now. All right. Thank you to all of these people. We have Robert, Nathan, Matthew, Darren, Brittany, Christina, Kevin, Karis, Susanna, Francisco. And thank you to Tim, Chris, Lawrence, Andrew, Joseph, Randy, Sam, Robbie. David, Ryan, Dustin, Jordan, Kathy, Kit, Stephen, Allison, Aaron, Anuj, Ash, Connie. Jay, Josh, Jeremy, Ryan, Adam, Brian, Patrick, David, Joe, John, and Steve. Marie, Jay, Jason, Amy, Tracy, Dave, Terrence, Mario. Stephanie, Jonathan, Matthew, Rodney, Amy, Craig, Steve, and Brandon. Marissa, Neil, Michelle, Sean, Brandon, Richard, Nathaniel, Tom, Ian, Aiden, Christian, Jesse. Patrick, Jake, Emily, Amber, Sinatra, Will, Jackson, Michael, Paul, Kevin, and Carrie. Justin, Mike, Rob, Jonathan, Khadija, Angelo, John, Katie, Drac, Amy, Matt, Jeff, Olivia, John, Eric, and Todd. Thank you, everyone, so much. Hope you're enjoying all the bonus content. We have got another commentary coming later this month that we're really excited about. It should be a good one. It's something that's having an anniversary this year, and maybe you can figure it out. (laughs) Maybe we already mentioned it somewhere in this episode. Hmm. Yeah, seriously, thank you, all you uh, Blast Points Army folks out there on Patreon. Thank you. 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 Hi, J.J. Abrams here. On behalf of the entire cast and crew of Star Wars Episode 7, thank you. And these last points, too accurate for sand people, only Imperial stormtroopers are so precise. us out on blastpointspodcast.com instagram twitter facebook and sign up for the blast point super chill group on facebook and if you want to leave us a review on itunes after you're done listening it helps the show it helps more people find the show head over there write a little something we'll read it on an upcoming episode we've got one at least we could get some more so we can read a bunch but that about wraps up episode number 173 here. Phantom Menace year. Putting it back on the shelf for another month. We got 
Phantom Menace year month seven, right around the corner. The never-ending Phantom Menace party over here. <laughs> it's not going to last forever. So party like it's 1999, all through 2019. Uh, we'll be back next week for another episode. It's going to be a really neat one, one we're looking forward to. But that's about all we've got for this one. Thank you, everyone, for listening so much out there. Thanks, everybody. Talk to you later. May the force be with you. Goodbye, old friend. May the force be with you. stop it so we can go to bed may the force be with all of you